0: Hi everybody, welcome to the Don't Miss This podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler.
1: We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show.
0: Hi everybody, I'm David Butler. I'm
1: Emily Freeman.
0: Welcome, here we are, obviously not at the chalkboard again. We're on site, and I don't know if a couple of weeks ago you remember we were at the Joseph Knight home for sections 12 and 13. Well, we're back here again on another section of the original Joseph Knight farm. That's where we are for these sections that we're in today, just because of how connected all of these are together. So what's going on right now, as you know, is the church has already been organized, just barely. It's a baby church mm-hmm. right now and they are just like f- trying to figure out and they're growing by the day and as the church grows though um, so does persecution so we're gonna jump in let's start in section 23 and and start talking about kind of the growing one church of the things first things that we yeah
1: love in 23 is there's one phrase that is repeated three times that is so interesting um, it's to sat, to Hiram in verse 3 to Samuel in verse 4 and to Joseph in verse 5 and it says um, your calling is to exhortation or encouragement your calling is to encouragement and to strengthen the church and then um, Samuel gets that same call to encouragement and to strengthen the church and then Joseph gets the same call also to encourage and to strengthen the church. Which is really interesting because a lot of persecution is about to happen right here. There's going to be things that happen just right here even on this property that are going to be hard. And it's interesting if you look at your scriptures and you come down from 23 into the heading of section 24. It tells us the following three revelations were given at this time to strengthen, encourage and instruct um, them the church. So it's so interesting that this is a set of chapters that is meant meant to strengthen and encourage. And if you are in a place right now where you just feel like you need that strength and encouragement, then this is a lesson that you are going to love. Yeah,
0: let's talk about for a second kind of what is going on. So in between sections 23 and 24, Joseph and Emma will come up from Harmony up to this Colesville family group, right? The Knights and, and the stoles and the Polly's, like everybody who is up here. And they're going to hold these baptisms. Um, so what they do is they dam the river. It would have...
1: Because, let's tell why. Um, there, there was persecution starting out. There were mobs that were after them. And so part of what they were having to do was go places where they could be in more of a private location. And this was a place, this runoff, Um, Which is long somewhere along this runoff They dammed up the water and they were gonna hold baptisms right here on this property And if you just look straight down here You can kind of see about how big this creek bed would have been that they would have dammed off for those baptisms
0: Yeah, but when they come to do the baptisms the dams have already been broken and they're not able to do it so they wake up really early Monday morning and they dam the river again and that is when emma is baptized and father knight is baptized and should we just call her mother knight let's just do it um (laughs) is baptized also um when they get back to the house after the baptism there is a mob surrounding father knight's house so they run down the road to where newell knight's family lives and the mob follows them and before they can do the confirmation meetings joseph is arrested and he's taken um, and and there was a mob waiting to like tar and feather him and luckily the constable like loved Joseph. He was like, I came to like tar and feather you but I have found out you're not what they said. Anyways, goes through these trials, right when he steps out of the trial, arrested again. After that trial, he's taken to this tavern where they blindfold him and they spit on him and they, and they yell at him to prophesy. He said, they treated me like they treated uh, the son of God just horrible, like all of these things. Meanwhile, back at home, imagine being Emma, yeah. for one. Imagine having she, him torn from yeah, the meeting. You get
1: baptized, you've had this spiritual experience, this moment with all of these people that is just, that's how it ends, and then she's just waiting. She never received the Holy Ghost, they didn't have the, time to do the confirmation so now she's just in limbo waiting to see what is gonna happen next
0: and I love this I forgot I I clipped this it's um, this man who was there as part of that group said because when he was gone at the trials Emma actually gathered a bunch of the sisters together and they went to Emma's sister's house which isn't far from here and she had all of these women praying together Mm -hmm. for the release of her husband and when he got back John Reed said when I saw that woman her crimson cheeks wet with tears come streaming from her eyes it seemed that her very heartstrings would be broken with grief oh. and I mean these are the beginnings of her this is her baptism day yes. <laughs> right yes. everyone else on their baptism day, baptism day got new scriptures and cake and, and a white and th- yeah and this is what yeah. you know she got and so it's in that context that the Lord gives sections 24 and 25 and 26. Mm-hmm. We're going to do 25 in just a sec- in just a little bit and take you down to Emma's home to to really talk about that. But let's just look at 24 as one little, what did Joseph call it? A morsel of like goodness in a really, really hard time.
1: Um, There's this quote Joseph Smith says, notwithstanding all the rage of our enemies, still we had much consolation and many things occurred to strengthen our faith and cheer our hearts. And what we love about the beginning of 24 is, is just a list of those things that were to strengthen. Um, we pulled out a couple of our favorites, but we left you a square right here where you can just go through those verses and fill out what stands out to you from those um, verses. So, my favorite is um, in verse 7, because remember, they had just been told. Their calling was to encourage and strengthen the church. Three times they are told that. And then I love what the Lord says here in verse 7. For thou shalt devote all thy service in Zion, and in this thou shalt have strength. And I love learning that strength actually comes when we take the opportunity to serve someone.
0: This, I love just the verse right next to it. And in 10 also there's this line from the Lord where He says... Be patient in afflictions. I love that God knows he recognizes the afflictions that are there. And then he just says, hey, be patient in them um, for thou shalt have many. I don't know how that came across. Like right at the beginning, you're kind of like, that's not good news, but endure them for lo, I am with you, not even now, but until the end Mm -hmm. of your days, I will be there right next to you when your husband's pulled from the porch. I will be there next to you when you have to sell everything and move. I'm gonna be with you through every single one of those things, everything. Losing the
1: babies, um, just all of those things that are about to happen.
0: Joseph said during this time, I think this is such a awesome line. He says, no small stir was created by the appearance of this church. Great opposition and persecution followed. But it had now come to pass, truth had been sprung out of the earth and righteousness had looked down from heaven. So we feared not our opponents, knowing that we had truth and righteousness on our side, that we had both the Father and the Son. And I just think that is so so powerful. So
1: we want you to be remembering this, um, remembering this scene, this um, baptism day that kind of led into a series of um, unfortunate events. Um, as we go down to Emma's house and we're going to spend the rest of the time talking about Emma. You are going to love her. And Bobby. just how
0: God was doesn't forget her yeah, through, just, her, through her everything. So
1: good. So we'll see you in a minute at Emma's house.
0: Another one of the great revelations of the whole dispensation actually in the Doctrine and Covenants, but particularly this time period um, is received section 25. Remember, all of these sections were to strengthen, encourage, and to instruct them. And this one was written to Emma, the prophet's wife.
1: And you love, um, first of all, that it is the only full section written to a woman. But second of all, that it was written to strengthen. Um, Because as women, I think so often we come to places in our life where we just feel like we need that strength.
0: Even though at first glance, you might think Emma is the kind of person that didn't seem like she needed much strengthening because she just was known for just her just spiritual grit, but everybody does. And we just kind of want to catch you up a little bit on who Emma is and tell her story. So we are actually at her mom and dad's house right here Mm -hmm. standing on their porch. This is where she grew up. She had nine, there were nine brothers and sisters in her whole family, just like the Smiths were in Harmony, Pennsylvania. Um, They actually, so she will grow up here. She's one of the younger ones in the family. So she's got older and she's got younger. One of the cutest stories I think about Emma is when she is seven years old, she goes into the woods right here behind her house and she prays that her dad will allow the Methodist ministers to come in and preach in her living room and that her dad will accept her faith, um, their faith, will just accept Christian faith. And so right from the very, very beginning, and isn't it cute yes. that Emma goes into the woods to pray and, and then she ends up yeah, yeah, right, so at the, right at the very beginning, right? So a strong Methodist woman, um, a little bit um, taller for her age. She was, I mean, for the time, 5'9", hmm. brown hair, pretty brown eyes. Um, They all said, everyone who knew her said she had the most beautiful soprano voice. And she was a little bit older than Joseph, so he landed an older woman. Let's (laughs) just mention that for just a second. But this is where she lived growing up, and this is actually where she and Joseph would have met. So Joseph, you remember, gets hired on by one of um, Isaac Hale, her dad's business partners. And so he and his dad actually stay here when they're looking for silver in these mountains or these stories about there's silver in these hills. And so they came here um, to live here and that's when he would have found her. He never found silver, but he found another treasure. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Is that a good line? Did you like that one? So this is where they originally would have met. This is where they courted.
1: Yeah, you love thinking about that. Just as you look around all of this house, and then... Um, and Ryan he had is, to
0: sneak because Emma's dad did not like Joseph at all. So it was a sneaky courtship, just so you know.
1: And then they get married. And after they get married... Elope. They elope. They elope. And then they go to um, live at the Smith Farm. That's where they start their marriage. But then persecution gets so bad, they end up getting invited by the Hells to come back and live here. And if, um, if we could, we would open this door and you'd walk in through the kitchen. And their bedroom is right there, right off the kitchen, just this little tiny room, just their bed fits in there, and that 's it, um, where they spent a little bit of time here yeah,
0: just a couple of months and One of the things that you would see if you actually could walk into this house is a little replica of a of a box that was built for the plates and and Joseph and Emma brought them, and they set they left them in the kitchen on the counter and um, Emma let her dad like hold them and and see how heavy they were, but it really was just some relatives and neighbors started talking eventually he said i don't want anything to do with that those plates that record this this business in the house so they actually would he hid them in the woods kind of near here and so it kind of made it so they needed to move um to another house
1: and you just love that where emma is going to end up moving emma and joseph is just down the street from here we're going to actually take you to that home where joseph and emma actually got to live for several years which was not necessarily the case for very long in their marriage, but at this house they lived for several years. So we're going to walk down there and let you kind of see what that looks like.
0: Okay, this is Joseph and Emma's house that they come live in. Let's move out of the way so you can see the chalkboard, I mean the house.
1: (laughs) Just kidding, everyone.
0: (laughs) Was that a good joke, a little Susquehanna joke? Uh, This place, they moved just a couple of months after they came down here. It was nice for them to have this little place of their home, but oh, so if these walls could talk in this house, so many tears were shed, so many problems. I mean, they get here and it's a couple months after that she will have their first baby and he dies within a couple of hours. But before that even happens, the translation of the Book of Mormon is happening with Martin Harris. And you remember the pages that get lost right around the same time that that the baby dies and and Emma almost dies because of really a broken heart and, and everything that is, is going so much on. Worry, anxiety in that. Oh.
1: and they baby they bury the baby just right down the street from her house. Um, there's a little cemetery you'll be able to see in some of the filming that we did. But you just when you look at this house, what you want to keep in mind is the work that was taking place, but also what was happening if you were Emma that baby losing the plates um let's talk about what really and really, else and really housing
0: all of our will come here and they'll share the house with him if they work non-stop
1: and the book the of mormon of the book of mormon yeah it's going to get printed the church is almost gonna, it almost gets um, done here be organized um all of these things are taking place so that's a lot of stuff happening just in this little spot right here and you'll
0: remember section 25 fits remember when we were at the little river and that's where Emma got baptized, and then the mob broke it up, and all the trials and everything we talked about—that um, she's still waiting for her confirmation. And that's when this section comes in, is right in the middle of questions and wondering, and and the heaviness that she's carrying, and that God knows she will carry. If, in my opinion, this section includes some of the most personal and intimate language of any section of the whole Doctrine and Covenants, almost like. Jesus is sitting across the kitchen table with her. It is so sweet and so personal.
1: Um, We, if you've got your scriptures, you're gonna wanna open them up to section 25 because we're gonna go through um, everything that's in here. Um, Every word. (laughs) That's how much we love section 25. (laughs) Um, And we love the fact that it was written to strengthen and to encourage. And just as you think about that as we're reading through these words, in fact, on this paper, We gave you a place in your journal to write down as you go through what are the words that were meant to bring her strength? Where does she find counsel? What are the warnings there? What are the promises? As we're going through, those are the things that you want to be watching for and just listing them.
0: And also some of the things that she is called to. I mean, this section, as far as like women in leadership in churches is... Decades ahead of its time what you see God trusts Emma with and kind of hopes for her as in a leadership position as well
1: Well, I love about chapter 25 is that the Lord what you were talking about is so intimate and it's so personal The Lord begins right at the very big uh, Start by saying I am speaking unto you Emma Smith my daughter That's how we enter into this section And I love that rather than focusing on um, where she is in her life and the problems and everything that's happening, instead it is a reminder of who she is. It's almost as if the Lord sits down with her and says to her, Emma, let me remind you who you are. First and foremost. Right. And in this plan and, and it's that encouragement where we begin. Um,
0: and he teaches that. We have a spot on the, in the study guide sheet where you can see this little doctrine that's slipped in, this encouraging truth where he says, All those who receive my gospel are sons and daughters in my kingdom even. And that's a truth. And we put that cross reference there, uh, John chapter 1 verse 12, of that reference of what we can become as sons and daughters in his kingdom.
1: Um, I love as it starts out, he talks about, um, if you are faithful and walk in the path of virtue before me, I will preserve your life and you will receive an inheritance in Zion. It's almost as if he's like, let me just start at the beginning before we even have this conversation with exactly what is promised to you and where things are going to go for you. And then he starts using such neat words as he goes through here. I love um, when he says to her, thou art an elect lady. Whom I have called. And um, that word elect, one of the things we might think about when we read that is having heavenly privileges with personal responsibilities. Don't you love that definition of elect? That um, she was gonna have these personal responsibilities that were um, gonna bring heavenly privileges into her life as she moved forward from this place. And then it's gonna start out with her callings. And I love when it starts out at the very beginning the office of thy calling. For a comfort unto my servant, Joseph Smith Jr., thy husband, his afflictions with consoling words in the spirit of meekness. And there's just so much lesson right there of who she will be and what she will do in her life.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool. This fly wants to eat me. Um, like that one guy in General Conference. Remember when that fly came Yes, at I do. I do but remember. But I think it's cool that he says this to her. My servant, Joseph. That happens over 90 times in the Doctrine and Covenants. Keep watching for that personal possessive pronoun. That's English. Um, And then he says, and thy husband, almost like saying to her, like, we're going to have to share him and kind of give and take with each other because he's my servant and he's your husband. So let's work through that in life. I put in here in my scriptures, I love this letter um, that she writes to Joseph while he's in Liberty Jail. Um, almost as a fulfillment of this comfort and consoling word, she says this in that letter: "Was it not for the direct interposition of divine mercy, I am very sure I never would have been able to endure the scenes of suffering that I have passed through. But I still live, and am yet willing to suffer more, if it is the will of kind heaven that I should be that I should for your sake. But I hope there are better days to come to us yet." So through her whole, even though she's carrying these extremely heavy burdens, um, it is such a Christ-like attribute to reach out when you are hurting within. Mm. And she does that her whole life.
1: So good. I love that word meekness right there at the bottom. And you know that we both love words and word studies. And um, Strong's tells us the great translation of meekness is exercising God's strength under his control. And I love the thought of that, that strength that is coming just directly from God and and his control over that situation is so good. Um, I love verse seven. It's one of my favorite verses in all of 25. Um, This is what it says, and thou shalt be ordained under his hand to expound scripture and to exhort the church according as it shall be given thee by my spirit. Now, I just want you to stop and think for a minute of the role of women when this was given. Um, because even today, we wonder about the role of women and what their responsibilities should be in an organization. And I love that from the very beginning, Joseph, Joseph Smith teaches that women will have the right in this church to expound scripture and to exhort the church, which is such a rare privilege for any religion anywhere. The more you study religion, the more you realize what Joseph Smith was doing at the very beginning and what God was teaching from the very moments of the beginning of this church is that women would have the right and the ability and would be trusted to expound scripture and also to exhort the church and I love that message of 25 and then we see her answer.
0: Right yeah. Here. And that verse two, that women and men will do that in different ways, according to their own gifts and their own strengths and at different periods of time in life. Sometimes that exhorting and expounding will be from a pulpit, but sometimes it'll be in a lot more quiet and meeker way. And, and it doesn't matter like wherever and however that happens. I do think God though, is pushing women into that position to be like, don't hold back.
1: Well, and just as you think about come follow me and as um, with even within our own homes, the role right. that we have to teach and to expound scripture and to exhort. Um, it's, it's something that women are called to and, and really born to do. And I love the empowering of uh, the Lord and a prophet then, but also a prophet today who is giving that same call to the women of the church.
0: Right. And like you do it very differently than my Jenny does it. So you do it really publicly in writing um but jenny does it just as powerfully in a very like quiet mm, sort of so way good. and and it's just as powerful whatever it looks like
1: you loved the answer to her question of will i ever be confirmed are we ever going to finish what we started over at the hell's or at the night home
0: and what does she even think by the way that she's just like okay if this is God's work she gets baptized and they don't even have time to confirm her yet and she's kind of like how do you think this is gonna go like how is she thinking her whole life is gonna turn out with this is the beginning you're like are you kidding
1: and you love when he's like don't worry emma in verse 8 for he shall lay his hands upon you and you shall receive the holy ghost and your time shall be given to writing and to learning much and again i just love that counsel from him that it is the place of women to study and to learn and, and to be involved in all of that that's going on. Um, and you love in verse 10, when he says to her, Oh,
0: don't forget the little sneak to Joseph in nine okay, go where ahead. she's where he's like, and now needest not fear for your husband will support you in the church also. Right. So I, I don't think he was talking to Emma. That was a little bit passive aggressive from the Lord where he's for just Joseph. like, yeah, for Joseph a little sneak in there. for oh, That him. is
1: awesome. Um, And then I love this counsel he says to her, it's counsel that I have stopped to ponder several times in my life when he says, um, lay aside the things of this world and seek for the things of a better. And I love that that word seek can also mean crave. Don't you love Mm. the thought of that? Lay aside the things of this world and crave for the things of a better. And what would that look like in our life if that's what we were doing?
0: one of the things she says I love that she said to her son one time um, where she's just like I might not have this quality and I might not have that quality but she says to him but my heart cannot prevent prayer mm. and don't you love the idea of like almost like that crave idea of my heart cannot prevent like seeking and and drawing nearer to these spiritual things yeah
1: um, I think it's so interesting as we near the end of this blessing. Just to keep in mind, because it feels like such a blessing of instruction. Um, uh, This is what you're going to do. This is what the church is going to look like. This is what I have in mind. This is who you are. That you almost wonder um, if the Lord forgot the place where Emma is in. And I think to myself, um, I have turned to this chapter several times in my life, this section. Um, One of the first times I discovered this section was right after Greg had had a serious surgery and would be down in bed for three months. And I just clung to those words, the office of thy calling shall be for a comfort um, unto your husband and what that looked like. And um, I was the only breadwinner during that time. I ran the entire household during that time. And um, Greg was sick in bed and to come and to think of Emma's heart at that time. Um, But also I've been through struggles with my babies with getting them here with those really hard pregnancies where every night I wondered if we would ever have a child that would come. The weight of that as a woman I don't know that anyone can understand um, unless you've been through it before and wanting that assurance that eventually it's going to turn out and when you go through that many dark pregnancies and that many dark days in a row and you're walking through life that way and to think of the babies that she lost before they came and the babies that she lost after they came. Um, I think this next council is so interesting and so important for any of us who are walking through a period of sorrow in our life, who have been through hardship, who I was with a friend the other day that just said it's every." Time I feel like we've turned the corner, something else goes wrong, and we all know what those moments are. And I think it's so interesting when he says to her, Lift up your heart and rejoice and cleave unto the covenants which thou hast made. Um, I love those two pieces of advice for any of us. Verse 13. Yeah, verse 13. In that Um, situation that sometimes there are just moments when even though it doesn't seem like we should even though everything the world says around us is hard um, the answer from the Lord is lift up your heart I love that lift up your heart rejoice and cleave to the covenants which you have made that's what's going to get you through this that's how you're going to get through this time and I love that this verse comes right after the verse where he's like also why don't you put a hymn book together for the church? <laughs> you, you
0: like the thing. Well,
1: and the reason why I love it is because sometimes songs are so healing that it's that thought of that music and and something that would lift her heart is what's going to help her get through this heavy time. Um, An- another, I love that part. Yeah.
0: Another part of this idea of cleaving to your covenants is to remember like those promises that God has made. Not just like our promises to Him, Mm -hmm. but the cleave unto like the covenantal promises that that He's made to her also, right? And 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 you see these throughout there.
1: Yep, and as you're talking about that cleave, that word cleave, um, the Latin um, definition of that word would be to plow a path into. Think about that for a minute. Plow a path into your covenants. Um, but that's, that's how invested you are gonna be in that, and that's what's gonna get you through the heavy the heavy, heavy things. It's interesting because Emma's life never gets to a moment where there isn't something waiting around the corner. That is so interesting about Emma, and it's just true about her life. And um, we wanted to mention um, the, her story here, because this is her lesson and this is her section. But when she gets to Nauvoo, um, there is a moment just before Joseph was going to leave for Carthage when Emma asks him for a blessing. And it's interesting that it seems that that is the way of her life, that when things are heavy, when things are hard, um, she did it here, and she did it again in Carthage where she just asked for a blessing. And the prophet told her he didn't have time just then to give her a blessing, but for her to write any blessing she wanted. And then he would sign it when he returned. Now, I want you to just think for a minute. We're going to read you this blessing. It is so good. But I want you to think for a minute, if you are Emma and you are in Nauvoo and your husband is headed to Carthage and surely there was the weight and the heaviness of the persecution and everything that was happening at that time that had to just weigh on her heart.
0: Five months pregnant, one of their another one of their kids yeah and and wasn't
1: happy when joseph left right you some of you maybe remember pictures from that scene as he's going and if i was going to sit down and write a blessing in that moment like i can just think what i would have been pleading for in that moment i'm so interested in the character of emma when i read that blessing from that perspective She says this, First of all that I would crave as the richest of heaven's blessings would be wisdom from my heavenly Father bestowed daily, so that whatever I might do or say, I would not look back at the close of the day with regret, nor neglect the performance of any act that would bring a blessing. I love that her, like first and foremost, I think I would have been like financially protection for my husband what's going to happen with this baby. But I love that she's like, I, first and foremost, I want wisdom from my heavenly father bestowed daily. Who loves? That's the first thing she asks for is that just give me wisdom. So I'll know what to do. Second, I desire the spirit of God to know and understand myself that I might overcome whatever tradition or nature that would not tend to my exaltation in the eternal world. So I love that first is wisdom. Second, just the spirit to be with her. Um, I desire a fruitful active mind that I may be able to comprehend the designs of God when revealed through his servants without doubting. I desire the spirit of discernment, which is one of the blessings of the Holy Ghost. Um, Wisdom to bring up all the children that are or may be committed to my charge. Do you love that? You hear that hint of fear and hope in that um just for her children there in such a manner that they will be useful ornaments in the kingdom of god and in the coming day will rise up and call me blessed oh that is so sweet because in years ahead people are not going to have kind things to say about emma but her children did and i love that i desire prudence that I may not through ambition use my body and cause it to be prematurely old and careworn, but that I may wear a cheerful countenance, live to perform all the work I covenanted to perform in the spirit world, and be a blessing to all who may in any wise need anything at my hands. I desire with all my heart to my husband as my head, to ever live in his confidence, and by acting in unison with him to retain the place which God has given me by his side. I desire to see my kindred and principles of eternal truth we may rejoice with them in the blessings which God has in store for all who are willing to be obedient to his requirements finally and this for me is the sweetest part of the whole blessing finally I desire that whatever may be my lot through life I may be enabled to acknowledge the hand of God in all things can you imagine that is the last blessing she asked of from the Lord as her husband went away to Carthage oh it just breaks my heart every time I read this letter but I just love her enthusiasm for the work and her heart and um, the way that she's like if I could ask any blessing just give me wisdom give me the spirit let my children love me let me serve thee let me have no regret at the end of every day and then um, That I would be able to acknowledge the hand of God in all things. Oh, if we could be like Emma, just in that regard, we would be such strong women, but strong people.
0: Yeah. In fact, I love that you just said that about that, because at the very end, the Lord says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, this is my voice unto all that everybody can lay claim to, to those blessings and promises. And we left a small spot on here. You're going to have to use your another page. Yeah, your notes uh, in you know, journal. Somewhere to write what would your blessing be if you could write out a blessing like Emma did. And to really take time with it, there's a, um, a Hindu teaching that says um, the question, what do you want? Uh, it's a very easy question to give an answer to but difficult to give a good answer to. Mm. So to just take time and think, wait, what would my blessing be? And I love thinking about her just at the end of her life. Like those who took care of her at the end of her life said that she used to sit in her, the mansion house in Nauvoo in a rocking chair and watch the sunset over the Mississippi. And that promise at the very end, that says, keep my commandments, and a crown of righteousness thou shalt receive. You cannot help but just see a picture of a queen um, mm. sitting in that rocking chair at the end of her life. And this line that her mother-in-law, um, Lucy Max Smith, said about her is one of my favorites. She, she said this at the end of her life. Emma, by the way, stays back mm. um, from with going Joseph. west.
1: I just, in my heart, I'm yeah. like, she just stays with Joseph which I love
0: yeah and to take care of Lucy because she was too old to go and you just see what her heart is like but this is what her mother-in-law said and sometimes mother-in-laws might might have the nicest things to say (laughs) about their daughter this one did. this is how you know for sure she said I have never seen a woman in my life who would endure every species of fatigue and hardship from month to month and from year to year with unflinching courage zeal and patience which she has ever done for i know that which she has had to endure she has been tossed upon the ocean of uncertainty she's breasted the storms of persecution and buffeted the rage of men and devils which would have borne down almost any other woman it may be that many may yet have to encounter the same i pray god that this might not be the case but should it be may they have grace given them according to their day even has been the case with her.
1: Oh, that is so good. Um, Many, many years ago, I received such a strong witness of Emma and her place in this church, um, but that strengthened also my place in this church. And it was a time in my life when I had the opportunity to listen to the words of a song. And oh, as soon as I, the song, right when it started, it just penetrated into my heart. And by the time the song ended, oh, I was in tears, and I still am every time we listen to to this song. In fact, we have a cute group of sister missionaries here who are serving um, right here where we are that are going to sing that song for you, and both of us teared up when they practiced it. It just is a sweet song. Um, I would give you an invitation as you listen in your journal to write down some of your favorite lines that you might want to ponder on. just as you're going through this week and thinking about the lessons that you're learning from section 25. Um, This is one of our favorite places in in the Doctrine and Covenants and in the group of music that we'll be listening to all this year, probably our favorite song. See you next week. Never had an
2: ordinary day Never lived your life In an ordinary day Everything you loved, you paid a price, but you couldn't let the world see you right. Never had a moment of peace, never felt the sun alight when the worries set you free.
1: Every time your life
2: turned a page, it seemed like you're. The world on your shoulders, when the nights had grown colder, you seemed to weather every storm with a queen's grace. When you lost your husband, when you buried your children, I'm sure the angels stood in reverence as you prayed. How much can one a heart take? Heart never had a day to call your own, so many needed your warm heart as a whole a whispering mother's lullaby as you sat alone by the fire, with the world on your shoulders when the nights had grown. No weather ever stole With a queen's grace When you lost your husband you buried your children So the angel stood in a reverence as you cried And I'm sure your heart breaks And some people still see Somewhere down the line You lost your faith How much can one heart take? How much can one heart
0: take? This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This.
1: Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com, and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.